This episode of Grow Getters is brought to you by the Grow Getters Growth Hacks newsletter. Subscribe at growgetterspodcast.com for your regular fix of hands-on hacks for business babes. Hey guys, welcome to Grow Getters, the future skills podcast for smart women in business. Whether you're crushing it in your career, you're a super side gigger or a fabulous female founder, we've got you covered. We bring you the very latest tools, tips and trends direct from the tech, innovation and business scene so you can stay up to date and grow your careers and empires. Today, we have something extra special and super exclusive for you. But before we start, here's a little clue. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Oh my God, oh my God. So yes, you heard it here first. Today we're hosting an exclusive masterclass with the authority on reality TV insider gossip in Australia, Megan Pastetto. In just three months, yes. You heard that right. Only three months. Megan's brilliant podcast, So Dramatic, hit the top of the charts and is now officially the number one TV podcast in Australia. So Dramatic is all about breaking the very latest and most juiciest gossip in the reality TV landscape in Australia. And Megan is now the most well-sourced and most sought-after journalist to do just that. Megan has spent the last decade working in journalism for some of Australia's most well-known and established media companies, including News Corp, Kiss FM, Bauer Media, Seven West Media, and Mail Online. From reporting, publishing, editorial production, content strategy, digital and social media producing, and now podcasting, Megan's expertise has spanned across entertainment, news, and women's lifestyle categories, including fashion, beauty, health, food and travel. Her experience covers media brands such as news.com.au, Daily Mail Australia, Kiss FM as I mentioned, The Kyle and Jackie O Show, Women's Day Magazine, NW, OK and Who Magazine. But like many young journalists are facing all over the world right now, the media industry continues to shrink, particularly in Australia where many digital outlets have closed their doors in the last 12 months. So as the media jobs started drying up, Megan decided to take a career into her own hands. Having already established established a variety of contacts and sources in the TV and entertainment world throughout her journalism career, Megan decided to switch her medium, swiftly pivoting from digital media into the world of independent podcasting. And what a successful career move that's been for her. So Dramatic has had a dramatic rise since its launch in late July 2020. From zero downloads all the way to the top of the charts, in this unmissable Grogetters Masterclass, Megan tells the story of how in just the space of three months, she salvaged her career, became an influencer herself, and is now the host of a number one ranking podcast, What a Woman. Here's Megan. Welcome, Megan, the Italian stallion pastetto to Grow Getters. It's so amazing to have you here. Thank you for having me. What an intro. (laughs) I am like full full disclosure here I am totally fangirling right now and as you famously say R.I.P. me, I'm (laughs) a huge fan. Thank you. It's so weird when people say that now. It's yeah, because it's all just happened so quickly. I'm still getting my head around the fact that people are even listening to the podcast, let alone fangirling. So thank you. Well, that's exactly why you're here. We want to get all of your insights and expertise into podcasting. But before we kick off, we would love to know if there has been someone, something or somewhere that's really inspired you this year. 
Um, you know what? I this year in particular, I'd probably have to say the like the rest of Australia, the frontline workers, the firefighters, the nurses, all of that stuff. Because I've actually found it quite humbling to, I mean, sit back and take note about this year in terms of how many people have come forward and helped out with the community and things like that. And it just kind of reminds you that, you know, there's people out there doing so much good. So it kind of inspires you to want to be better and do more for other people, be less selfish. So yeah, that's been a really big inspiration this year. It's been a good reminder to help out your fellow neighbor, I guess, and yeah, do better for other people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That has been super expiring. Absolutely. Reality check. Oh yeah, we all we all need one sometimes for sure. No, that is so so true. Now we have been stalking you on the gram for quite some time now, and we know that you are the media savvy journalist and podcaster who has become the number one authority on reality TV gossip in Australia with your brilliant potty so dramatic. So you've had Kyle and Jackie O mention you multiple times on their show. And for those overseas listeners who don't know, these guys are radio royalty in Australia. And you break the news before the mainstream media get onto it. So I've seen you mentioned on mamamia.com.au like for a few times now, for example. And even the number one pop culture podcast, Shameless, sings your praises, which is so awesome. And at Grow Getters, we bloody froth over your podcast. (laughs) We are massive reality TV junkies. So we want to know what has been your career journey up until starting So Dramatic? How did you get here? That's the thing. I think people look at me and just think that, like, how did you get there? And like, it kind of just happened overnight by accident, which it did. But I still, you know, I've been a journalist for 10 years now. I didn't, it wasn't just something that happened overnight. It's basically what I was doing before the podcast. I'm still doing exactly what I was doing before the podcast, but I've just changed the medium. So I was writing for magazines and doing this type of gossip stuff for magazines. And now I'm doing the same thing, but on a podcast format. So I think that's the other thing as well when people like, you know, can I have advice on how to do a podcast and asking how to get the success, I guess, that my podcast has had. And I'm really honest because I think having a media career really helps you. And it was a long journey. Like I would count my entire media career leading up to this, not just starting from scratch, you know. So that's been a big help. Having the media experience is definitely has definitely given me an upper hand. A lot of people do ask whether you need to have a big profile before you start a podcast. I wouldn't say a profile, but I think it helps to have a certain skill set. So the it's kind of hard. Like I've had a lot of different jobs, like like I said, radio, print, online. So and I've even worked in PR. So even the PR element has really helped with the podcast because I know how to get publicity. I know how to sell the podcast, how to advertise it and stuff like that. So having a, a like a broad range of skill sets has definitely helped. But in saying that, if you don't have a broad range of skill sets, you can always outsource. So I think it's just being really honest about what you can do and what you can't do. And then, you know, utilizing your own skills. And then if where you're lacking, bringing in help. We're going to go into the specific skills shortly. I just have one more question around the initial reason you decided to try your hand with a podcast. So deciding to switch mediums, as you've just mentioned. So you were already doing what you're doing, but then what made you make the switch over to podcasting? Probably, to be honest, it was like a COVID accident because 
I was writing for magazines before and doing freelance articles for them. And when COVID hit, basically all the main media organizations cut their budgets. They had no budgets left for freelancers. They were axing jobs left, right and center. And I still had all of these amazing stories, but basically nowhere to put them. And a podcast was something that it had always been in the back of my mind, something that I wanted to do and had always been something that I thought I would do eventually. But when I decided to do the podcast, literally a week later, like a week after I'd said to my friend, oh, I should, you know, maybe I should do a podcast and put stories on there. And, you know, at least it's like developing my skills while I'm waiting for the outlets to open back up. And at least it's like killing some time. And I didn't expect to have any listeners or, you know, more than a hundred listeners, whatever. And then a week after like that day when we discussed it and I was like, what should I call it? And we like workshopped a name. Um, A week later I had launched like, so it was like a week I had to learn everything. So yeah, it was a COVID accident and then it just took off overnight and then I just kept going with it. So I don't think I'll go back to freelancing (laughs) with the, like the outlets now. So yeah, it's worked out really well. Like it's in, in that regard, it's been lucky that it blew up, but I think there wasn't, it wasn't just like an overnight development with myself, within myself, I guess. Well, I think that's amazing. You should definitely, you know, don't downplay that. I think you took an opportunity, you pivoted yourself in these crazy times of crisis, which Tiffany and I always recommend our listeners do. I think it's fantastic. And yeah, you fill this really beautiful sweet spot gap in the market for reality TV gossip. Honestly, there's been so many recap podcasts. There've been podcasts that discuss reality TV in a serious way, but there was no one that was going beyond the surface and really digging the dirt behind the scenes IRL. So that's the thing. I When I did it, I'm like, I can't believe no one else has done this yet because there was the, that's the other thing. I don't have any competitors directly because no one else is doing exclusive reality TV gossip or, you know, news on a podcast. It's all recapping and discussion. So yeah, I was, I was actually really shocked when I, cause I wasn't a big podcast listener before launching either. I'd listened to a few things here and there. I wasn't like a podcast fanatic. Um, So I think that helped as well. I didn't have any outside influence, but I was like, I can't believe no one's really doing this. So yeah, I think it was, I definitely filled a void accidentally. (laughs) You were lucky, lucky. Um, No, I think it's what you just tapped on there about not really having a look around at the competition. Do you think that's that kind of being in your own bubble in that sense has been good for So Dramatic and its rise? Or do you look back and think, oh, maybe I could have had a look at the competition and made some improvements? What do you think? I think it probably would have helped in some regards to know what's out there and maybe have a bit more background knowledge about podcasting in general and yeah, what is out there and looking at other people. But I have looked at a few since launching, but I more look at like American style ones because I don't want to be influenced by people in Australia. So like before I launched, I listened to Shameless and James Weir a lot. And since launching, I've really tried to not listen to, because I don't want to become really like similar to them. I want to stick to my own unique personality and like branding and format. So yeah, I've tried to not listen to Australian ones or I'll go back and listen to their really old episodes or that aren't in competition. So like if James Weir is talking about the, I haven't listened to any of his bachelorette episodes because I don't want to be influenced when it comes to my content, if that makes sense. So I'll listen to like his really old episodes or I'll wait till like the show's over to listen. Cause I think it's really hard. It's really easy. Sorry to 
to be influenced by people and you don't even know, you don't even realize. So yeah, that's a good recommendation actually. And in terms of shaping your own tone of voice, has has it evolved since the beginning or are you have you always just simply spoken authentically as yourself? Like when we listen to So Dramatic, are we listening to Megan Pestetto or are we listening to Megan Pestetto, the journalist, or Megan Pestetto, the host? Like what, what has been your your journey in shaping that tone of voice? The tone of voice is definitely me and I think I don't know if it's a good thing that I'm just like very honest and like no filter because I think it does get me in trouble sometimes, but that's just how I speak. Like normally that's just how I am. Like my friends that know me are like, I'm just so glad that you just stay true to yourself. But then I think professionally, I probably should maybe not be so unfiltered. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard balance. <laughs> no, keep doing you. No, I, mean, I like, keep doing you. <laughs> balance to find that, to bring enough personality and energy to the podcast and keep people entertained, but then also have that serious element. So I'm probably more on the fun, unfiltered side. I probably need to turn it back a little bit, to be honest. I think at the start as well, I haven't listened back to old episodes, but I can just remember when I was doing it, I was a bit more like shy and I didn't, I wasn't as like, I hadn't come out of my shell yet because I was still quite nervous. And I think now I'm definitely not nervous anymore. So it would be good to listen back to an old episode to compare But yeah, the difference I think would just be the nervousness and finding that like comfortability in yourself and the podcast and your audience as well. How did you get over that nervousness? Just experience and just doing more and more episodes. I think I'm up to my 23rd episode now, which is crazy because I've only been doing this for three months. So because I was doing two episodes a week, the, the number's gone up. So yeah, it's crazy. It's still really new to me. So before you talked about the skills that you were lucky enough to already have, uh, having worked as a journalist for the last decade, what are some of those skills you think a good podcaster needs? Like if they already have them or if they need to upskill, what are some of those skills? The biggest thing for me, I think that's helped my podcast stand out is the actual content. So the fact that it's exclusive content Um, and no one else has that content that's really helped me get the publicity around the podcast because other outlets have picked it up and it's become like talking points within like the community and the public so that's been a really big thing um, because there's so many recap podcasts now and there's so many people doing similar things that it's really hard to stand out it's just so much so much it's so saturated now so that's really helped getting the content so I think you've really got to be smart with what content you do and really thoughtful with like have a clear direction about what the content is going to be instead of just going on and saying, oh, we're just going to chat and not really know what you're going to talk about. Um, Cause I think a lot of people think, Oh, I can just go on there and talk shit. You know, you can't <laughs> like, there's already so many people doing it that have already built up a big audience and you've got to, you're stealing that audience from someone else. So you've really got to like make a splash. Um, another skill I think would probably be, I mean, interviewing helps, knowing how to interview people to get good content out of your subjects. That helps as well. I think personality, like having, not that I have a good personality, <laughs> but um, like if you've got a good personality, like make that shine, make that your, if you don't have the good, per, if you don't have the good content, you know, bring it with the personality. Um, I mean, it helps if you can edit your own podcast <laughs> and video skills. Just speaking of editing, we reached out to you at Grow Getters because this is honestly, I think you have the best produced independent podcast in Australia today. 
Like, honestly, it's so, so professionally done. And I thought to myself, okay, we need to get Megan on the show. We need to get her secrets. So can you give our listeners any advice on how to get started with podcasting in terms of, you know, the best options for equipment or editing software? And what do you use? Okay, this is a long one because I've just recently changed what I'm doing. I don't know if you've noticed, maybe the quality isn't as good. Um, So the last three episodes I've edited myself, but at the very beginning I recorded at home and the audio quality was so bad and the editing was horrible. And when I listen back, I'm like, oh my God, there's no way I'm putting this out. Like this is horrendous. And I'd announced that it was going to go live at a certain time and it wasn't ready. And I was, I'm glad that I trusted my gut because compared to the product that I ended up putting out first, compared to what I'd recorded initially, it just wouldn't have it would have just been a total disaster. Like no one would have listened. So I think as well, yeah, definitely trust your gut instinct. If you aren't happy with the finished product, like do it again, like record it five times if you have to get it right. Like it's really important, especially the first episode that you nail it and that you put something really strong out because the first one I did, I had someone edit it and they said, oh, it's fine for a first episode. You know, it's fine. Like you'll get better. You should have heard how horrible this person's first episode was. And I'm such an OCD bitch. Like I'm so anal with things like that. Like I'm a perfectionist and I want, like I'll edit out like the smallest things just to make it like perfect. So like I spent hours, but um, yeah, I just wasn't happy with it. And I'm like, it's not me. It just sounded crap. And I'm like, if I put a first episode out that isn't good, why would anyone come back to listen again? So it's like, you need to do the hard work for your listener, make it a good product, make it easy for them to listen to. Don't make them suffer through bad audio. (laughs) Like, I just think that's really lazy. And so I canned that whole episode. And then I had um, one of my friends in media reach out to me. Her and her partner have like a podcast studio and they edit like podcasts professionally and they do like a lot of the big uh, podcasts in Australia. And she said, we'll help you. And I was just so grateful that they actually reached out because I went in there and she gave me some tips like change that, you know, structure it a bit differently. And she was amazing. And then I was recording it in studio and they were editing it for me. And that's why I've got like a lot of the sound effects and things like that. Cause I had it professionally done. So that's what I mean by outsourcing. If you can't do something like don't be afraid to ask someone or to pay someone because it's a good investment. So it was a lot of money, but it was such a worthwhile investment because it really set the tone for the format. It set the tone for the quality and it added to the branding of the podcast as well. Like it made it really distinct with the with the um the sounds and you know just how it was produced it really made it stand out and made it like a professional because also like because I was in media already it's a direct reflection of me the podcast it's an extension of my career it's not just something that I'm doing on the weekend for fun it's my career so I didn't want to come out with a crap product because people would just like not take me seriously or it, it would affect my career badly so yeah I invested in getting it professionally produced so now I'm up to stage two now I'm going to another podcast studio around the corner and they're letting me record there so I record it and then I'm editing the podcast myself now so I've been editing the last three episodes I don't know can you tell the difference <laughs> No, not at all. Honestly, it sounds great. Thank you. So yeah, I was like nervous. I'm like, crap, people are going to be like, what happened to the great producing, the great publication? But I've picked it up quite easy. Like it's not as hard as you think it's going to be. It's just a lot of, it's just very time consuming. Do you find that? Like, 
I'm lucky because Tiffany is is in charge of editing and production and I'm in charge of social media. So it's a nice even split there. That's the beauty of having a podcast partner. That's a piece of advice yes. from Getters there. Yes. I wish I'd lured someone in, dragged someone in with me to share the workload because it's a lot. Like doing the social media, doing the production, doing the videos, doing the getting the gossip. Like it's it's honestly a lot. I need to hire someone, I think. But um yeah, to be honest, just so people listening know, honestly, it took me the first one I did on my own. I edited for six hours, a 30 minute episode. Now the la- the last one, the third one, sorry, took me three hours. So I'm getting better. So hopefully it'll only take me an hour or two soon. What editing software are you are you using? I'm using Audition. I just got the the free trial, but I'm really loving it. So I think I'll stick with that. And then for recording, I think I'm recording on Audition as well because I do it in the studio. I think they use Audition for that. And then what else do I use? That's about it. But I've also got an at-home setup. So if I ever want to do stuff at home, I can. And I've got a Logitech Blue Yeti X mic. Um, I think, sorry, it's Blue Microphone Yeti X. And then I've got a Logitech Stream Cam using them and they're really 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 good as well so I probably could record at home but I just didn't want to I wanted to like transition slow look like gradually because I was so dependent on the production place I was like oh I don't want to be totally alone so I'm going I'm like transitioning eventually I'll hopefully do everything from home on my own so I'm halfway there that's awesome that you've kind of started almost the other way around but I love that strategy (laughs) because I love your advice you've said if if users or if listeners tune into the first episode and they're turned off by it, you could have lost people for life basically. So I think that's a really, really good piece of advice for people starting out in podcasting, not to underestimate your production. So Megan, you have got such an intimate relationship with your listeners, I would say. You've got this loyal army who are constantly feeding you information in your DMs, leaving you voicemails, leaving the receipts, engaging with you on Insta. So looking back, what were some of the things you did or could recommend to our listeners to to gain that level of trust with your loyal following and your loyal listeners? How did you get there? Someone messaged me. Actually, I received two really nice messages, um, one last night and one today. And one, the one last night said that, like, thank you so much for engaging with us and being so personable and, like, always answering your DMs. And she said it really sets you apart from other people because no one else, I didn't realise no one else is doing that. <laughs> I just thought I can't imagine not replying to a message. But when the podcast first started... I was literally replying to every single DM and message I was getting. And as it started to pick up and take off, it became physically impossible. So, and because the last few months have been so crazy, I've got like thousands of unread messages on my Instagram account. And last weekend I finally cleared my personal inbox and I was like so happy and I've cleared my inbox messenger on Facebook, but I've still yet to clear my one on Instagram business, but I am hoping to eventually reply to everyone, but I'll just have to like spend some time over the holidays doing it. But I think I didn't realize that no, that not a lot of people do that because I just can't imagine not engaging with your audience. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. I'd feel really icky about ignoring people for sure. I feel like I would, I would feel like I'm just taking from them and I just think it's rude not to reply. I mean, I know it does become physically impossible and there's been there is some people there that I haven't replied to yet but 
on the whole, I really try to reply to people because I don't know, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy connecting with my audience and getting feedback from them and building that rapport with them. I, I don't know. I just think it's really nice. It's like, it makes it really rewarding because there is some days where I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't like, it's too much. It's too stressful. It's too, there's too much going on. And then you'll get like a really nice message from someone like I did today. And it was like, your Facebook communities brought me so much joy. I just wanted to let you know, I made some friends through there and it's like the best thing that I look forward to each day and it's helped me get through lockdown. So just hearing that, it just makes it all like worthwhile and really rewarding and it makes you like want to keep going. So I'm getting just as much out of engaging with them as they're getting from getting a message back from me. So it, it, go, it really goes both ways. I wouldn't do it if I wasn't enjoying it or if I didn't enjoy it. Like I wouldn't just reply for the sake of it. So yeah, it's, it actually, it's like really nice to chat to them. So, and I love like, yeah, we've got this little Facebook community now and everyone's really close and we all kind of get each other and we've all got the same sense of humor. And I've got a really dark, dry sense of humor and not a lot of people get my jokes and I'm probably a bit too savage, but they all laugh at me. So it's nice for me to actually be like, I feel like I've found my people as well and they appreciate the content and the, like the personality of the podcast. So yeah, I really enjoy the community that I've built and it's just like so big. I can't get over how many people are actually listening and in the Facebook group and yeah, it's really overwhelming. Let's talk money now and because So Dramatic is also, it's your business, it's your livelihood. You've had to pivot your career during COVID and you've made such a smart move. So my next question is what are the ways in which you monetize So Dramatic? At the moment, the only way I'm monetizing it is with ads on the podcast. So I've got two people who bring in ads for me. And I think with ads as well, you've got to really, it's a thing that, cause I was like, can you get ads on it now? <laughs> like this episode and they're like, it doesn't work like that. You've got to, these brands and stuff, they forecast their budgets for advertising months in advance. So you can't just snap your fingers and expect that they're going to have a budget, especially in COVID. But yeah, that's the only way I'm monetizing now, just with the ads. So I, some people, when I first started putting ads on the podcast, wrote some really snarky comments and were like, oh, an ad, I'm switching off. And I'm like, if you listen to the radio or the TV, there is so many ads on radio and TV. There's ads everywhere. There's ads if you get on a bus. Like advertising is how media makes money and people not to realize that are just living in the dark ages, I think. Content isn't free. Like you need to monetize it somehow, especially when it's your full-time job. And especially when, you know, the content that I'm putting on the podcast, that in itself is worth thousands of dollars each episode, you know, like before the podcast, I was selling that content to outlets and making quite good money. So that's another thing you've got to weigh up, like, which, which are you better off doing? So I've made a sacrifice by not having that income. So I've straight away, as soon as I could monetize, it did. And I think that's fair. If you're putting like, you know, how many hours it goes into podcasting, like I said, six hours just to edit, that's not even, you know, the planning, the organizing, the actually getting the content, it's a lot. And I was also paying to have it produced. So I wanted to monetize it really quickly. So I wasn't in the red. So the fact that I was just having ads to kind of pay for the producing, I was happy with. So hopefully next year, um, with a bit more notice, we I can monetize it more. And then hopefully like scale the business and look at doing other things. Like I know some other podcasts have merch. 
I know they do like live events. So I'm going to look at things like that down the track, but um, probably something that I look to do next year, just get through 2021 piece, I think for now. So yeah, just the ads on the podcast. And then a lot of the time the advertisers will ask, can you also promote on your social media channels? So whenever I put up a post on my social media channels, it's only been people that have advertised on the podcast. I haven't done any like influencer posts or any, you know, paid posts that haven't been on the podcast. So do you think that you need a certain number of listeners first or a community before you can start? Like if you're doing it DIY style, if you want to actually start your outreach to brands, do you think you need like a base level of listenership? I was told by someone that you needed 10,000 listens per episode to be making money. But in saying that, I know people that have less, that have started monetizing theirs are like a lot less as well. So like maybe they've got a thousand, but for example, those people might already have a profile in media or they might be backed by a media organization or they might just be really good at hustling. Like I know some girls that work in PR and they've got ads on theirs so that they got it through PR stuff. So I think it just depends on your background and your like who you are and what your you know background is. But yeah, you could definitely do it with less than 10,000. But I think to start making it like an actual business, I think 10,000 is probably a good number to be hitting just consistently. Yeah, it is hard though to know because no one really tells you. I didn't know. I didn't even have an idea of like how many I needed. I kept asking people like, how many do I need to like, you know, to be going well. I was like, you know, is like a thousand good. Like is a hundred. Like I don't actually, I didn't know what the numbers were. And when I was hitting the charts, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't too, this isn't too hard, but um, it's definitely like it ebbs and flows. So you've got to be consistent as well. Absolutely. And Megan, if there is one piece of advice to anyone thinking about starting a podcast or something that you wish someone had told you before you started one, what would it be? Well, the piece of advice I would give is be unique, like have a really unique idea just so you stand out. Don't try to redo something that someone else is already doing well, which is what I've really tried to stick away from. Like I try not to do recaps because there's so many recap podcasts and there's people that are already doing such a good job that I'd never compete. So it's like, you know, if someone's doing well, just like let them go. Like don't try to be the next them and don't try to copy um, the other thing I would say is like, just be prepared to work hard because it's not, I think people just think that I whack this podcast up and I'm like at the beach every day. Like I haven't had a day off in like four months and I work seven days a week. Like some days I'm working 16 hours, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And it's really, you've got to really enjoy what you're doing to keep doing it. Cause it's, it's it becomes your life, like your life and your, your livelihood are intertwined. So you've really got to enjoy doing it to put the hours in. And just on that hours note, is that the the collect the collective of everything? So it's not just the podcast, recording, researching, editing, but it's also the social media. Because to me, when I look at all of your social profiles, it seems like you're always on, like it's a 24-7 thing. I think on Instagram, I looked the other day and I've done like 600 and something posts in three months. And I'm like, holy shit, that's like, I worked it out and it was like, 15 posts a day or something ridiculous like that, maybe between 10 and 15 posts a day. And I'm like, shit, I need to pull back because that's a lot of posting. But the the only reason I was doing so much was because I had the content there and I don't like to waste content. So I was just throwing it all up. But now things have quieted down with the TV shows. 
I'm posting less and trying to make it like quality over quantity. But when I was so busy, I just was like whacking things up left, right and center. But now that I've got a bit more time, I'm trying to be a bit more thoughtful with like with the content. But the social media element takes up so much of my time. Like I was thinking the other day, God, wouldn't it be nice just to like shut down my Instagram and Facebook and just do the podcast? (laughs) Because then I would have a day off because I was getting really caught up with the social media because it's just the constant notifications and messages. It's, It's really distracting. So I've had to learn to just be like, okay, these hours I'm not on my phone because you just, you'll just end up being on your phone the whole day because social media never sleeps. But yeah, it's a combination. I think my time is spent, the social media, that's a big chunk. Then obviously chatting to my sources and getting the information, then researching and then scripting and planning the episode and then obviously recording and then editing. And then after that, it's the publicity. So it's, you know, planning what you're going to post for the next week and also like sending things out to media. So I send a press release every week, which I would definitely recommend. So that's another good tip. Actually, I send a press release every time the episode drops to my, to media, to all the outlets. And basically why I do that is because I know how busy people working at these outlets are. They're so understaffed. They have to do like 1000 articles a day. They have no time. And I've been in that situation and I know how tough it is. So I thought, there's no way they're going to sit there and listen to a podcast when they've got all this other content that they could just do. So I try to make it really easy for them. And I do like bullet points of the main, the highlights from the episode with like potential headings. And then I timestamp next to it where you can find that in the episode. So that basically, cause I've worked at daily mail and places like that. So I know what headlines the media are going to take out of that. I know what's a good story. Um, so I basically break it down for them in terms of like, that could be a story, this could be a story and give them options so that they can basically, they don't have to think about it. It just takes out that work of them. Like, first of all, deciding if you're even going to listen to the podcast, they've got everything in front of them so they can just skim past and say, Oh yeah, I want to listen to that part. Or I want to listen to that. Or that would be a good story. I'll, you know, grab the audio from that. So the press release definitely helps, but then that's, that takes up a bit of time to put that together. Um, and then, yeah, after the podcast comes out, it's the social media and and getting it out there and plugging it on socials. So yeah, it's a very busy, um, busy week. I don't think there's a day off at all. So, and you've been doing all of this on your own. Yeah. The thing is as well, though, everyone's like hire someone. And like, obviously I don't have enough money at the moment to hire someone. I would love to hire someone. I think over summer, I'm going to like sit down and actually think who I would hire. Like would I hire a junior to kind of like an all rounder to help out with bits and pieces where I need, or would I hire someone to just run the social media or would I hire someone to do the editing? So it's kind of, I need to work out exactly the type of person that I need, but I do know that I need someone to help because it's a lot. And you've got people calling you all the time with stories and your day never runs smoothly. So it's like, it's not just like with a podcast where you, you know, you've got a planned interview or you are sitting and chatting to your friend and you guys record whenever there's a lot of variables that go wrong. Like I've had days where I've had to push my recording back because something's broken in the, in the news or something's changed. So because it is breaking content that things can go wrong and it doesn't always go to plan. So that's another thing as well. It's hard to plan your week, but um, yeah, I've been doing it all on my own. It's been crazy. Yeah. When you can do it yourself as well and you know, you've got a clear, I've always had a really clear vision of how I want things to, to be. And um, yeah, like I said, I'm a perfectionist. So it's like, I've got that, standard of quality set like I've set the bar quite high now so I'd want to maintain that 
So it's like, I just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just do it all myself. It's just easier instead of explaining it to someone. And then, but I need to learn to be better at like letting it go a little bit because <laughs> I can't do everything. I can totally identify with that. Absolutely. As a fellow perfectionist, for sure. It's, I feel lucky to have found Tiffany because she is so on my wavelength. It's yeah. really, really hard to find someone who has that same work ethic and standards, the same level of standards that, that you want. So I'm lucky, but I hope you can find someone too. Finding someone that balances your skills out. So like you guys are really lucky because you've got different skills. So it's about finding the person that works the same as you and has the same work ethic and standard, but also versatile in what they can do so you kind of come together as a whole so megan i have one final question for you what's next for so dramatic in 2021 2021 i think the biggest thing i want to do is obviously married at first sight will be starting in january next year so that's going to take up a lot of my time because that's bloody crazy just to put into perspective the bachelor at the moment the bachelorette's getting about four hundred thousand viewers married at first sight gets like 1.2 million which is huge for australia so it's just gonna yeah that, that will be happening at the start of next year so i'm gonna de- devote a lot of my time to that obviously getting the goss from that show and then next year i want to do some you know like live recordings some virtual events maybe some in life real real life events if depending on covid so just some fun things like that i think um, people are asking for merch. I think they want some mugs for their tea. <laughs> so I might do something fun like that. But yeah, it's just I want to do all of these things, but I physically can't do more. So I'm going to yeah have to hire to do all of these things. Oh, well, I really hope you get to do all of that stuff. It sounds amazing. And thank you so, so much for your time today, Megan. It's so awesome to meet you. You too. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much again for listening today. And we hope you enjoyed listening to Megan Bassetto as much as we enjoyed chatting with her. You can follow the So Dramatic Podcast on Instagram at So Dramatic Podcast, as well as Megan herself at Megan Bassetto. We'll post a link to her Instagram channel as well as to the So Dramatic Podcast on the show notes for this episode. So if you want to absolutely smash it in your career, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date with our weekly apps on all the latest tools, tips, and trends to help you grow. And if you love us as much as we love you, please also rate and review us on apple Podcasts so even more of you fabulous grow getters can find us and don't forget to join us on instagram at grow getters podcast and of course please sign up to our grow getters growth hacks e-newsletter too which you can find on our website at growgetterspodcast.com we'll continue to cover the latest tips knowledge and hacks in your ears every single week to help you get growing chat to you next week <laughs>